I'll give you a um a carbon sagris and a uh I broke 1095. in 1095. Well, no, in, in, in the good 1095, the 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 like decent 1095. I don't know. Like, I'll give it to <laughs> oh, you for a song. what are we? What are we? Oh, are we trading or are we talking money? I, mean, I don't know. I don't even care, man. I don't Ah. know. I, I've 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 got like plenty of money for like foil shit. Um, Okay. yeah. Yeah. Oh no! I. Try it. Try it. Okay. Yeah. Why are you moving away from lift? I don't know. I feel a little bit like an orphan and Fucking change is good. yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm a little stuck in my head. Yeah. Everything feels broken. Yeah. You know, I'm like suspicious that there's failures everywhere whenever I have one bad ride or something. Okay. Okay. Guys, let's share <laughs> this content for the podcast. I hit record already. Okay. But, but, but like went into the intro. Let me get Oh, the intro. Okay. ah. Uh. Okay, welcome to the Mediocre Boiling Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm joined here by these two fuckers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking Matt, say hello. Hi. Chris, say hello. Hello. <laughs> okay, these are the same old fuckers. Uh, you know, you guys know Matt. Uh, and, and, and Chris has already been a special guest. So we're getting together, doing some gear talk, podcast talk. whatever bullshitting around um mostly because i fucking keep breaking shit and i don't know from what i've seen on the interwebs about following podcasts you fuckers are hungry for some content of people bitching about foil gear and like not giving a shit aren't even sponsored Uh, no, no definitely fuck no not. Definitely even not. if even if offered you kiss my ass Yeah, and we have <laughs> no ambitions of being sponsored, whatever so I'll take the money fuck you guys dude, you're gonna <laughs> they're gonna make there's you no start money though is it <laughs> just it's kidding only gear it's um only gear i I do want to say I also thought we were gonna do this podcast like uh uh tuning for idiots guide too yeah um yeah yeah we'll because do that too I'm an idiot with that yeah and I was same like you Oh, I was kind of depending on you, Chris. dude I, I still don't <laughs> understand this shit okay, i mean well, Nick can help us then. and maybe tell Okay, we can do that. a little bit that <laughs> Fuck it, let's do that too. Okay, let let's let's talk about that. What, what questions do you have about tuning? the blind Okay, leading the blind yeah. yeah My question is, I don't really know how to. I don't know how to feel. What to interpret what I'm feeling in my legs is as far as foil position and as far as I can tell, there's kind of two main variables to tuning um, where your mast is actually mounted on the board and then the fuckery you can do with your stab. Those are the two basics anyway, um, as far as the angle on your stab, your rear wing. Yeah, totally. And and like both those things are used in tandem, right? So Okay. like they're going to like always like like you are always going to end up balancing it out, right? So like this like idea of like oh, I'm tuning for more or less lift is kind of nonsense because like like you like you position the foil like to where it feels balanced under your feet, right? And then if you tune it for more lift, like more downforce in the tail is going to create more lift. You have to move it back. So like, like the question is like, like, like what's the effect of that? Like change in the tune after it's balanced out by the other change in the tune.
right but but moving the foil back and forth in the box is the same concept as moving like a longboard fin further forward in the box is going to change it's going to give you a sharper turn angle as opposed to further back in the box is going to be a more long drawn out turn angle right exactly so like you can like like the way i think about it right is i like that like sharp pivoty turn all the time that's like what i want that's what i'm after in my tuning right and like the way i get it is by tuning the foil for less lift so i can then move it forward to compensate for that less lift to put the mast where i want it but are you shimming your backstab for less lift yes i'm shimming my backstab for less lift so you know like that so that means less downforce in the tail so the tail is pointed up more so i don't know i don't give a shit if you you know like mount your foil on the i don't know bottom of the fuse or the top of the fuse like when it's flying if it's pointed up more it makes it produce less lift right right and you have so to the move thick- the- yeah so the thickest part of the shim is on the leading edge of the backstab well, it depends on where you mount it on. The, yeah, it, it on depends if it's a top mount or bottom mount. So he's that's why he's saying if if the actual stab is oriented up, the leading edge is pointing up. Mm-hmm. That is going to create less lift in the front wing because it's driving the wing down. That's a good way to that's that's a good way to put it because then it doesn't matter where the the stabs mounted on the fuse. Yeah. The, the 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 way I think the way I think about the stab is like it's it's on the end of a big stick, right? So it's got a lot of leverage. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of like the like tail feathers on an arrow. Like it's like it's gonna point straight back because it has more leverage in the front wing. So like if you point that down, that that's gonna be forcing the front wing to be pointed up more. More left. Yeah. And more drag. And more drag, right? More lift and more drag. Because, like, you can't have two things pointed in opposite directions and not slow each other down. Right. Right. Also, like, ju- just by the nature of, like, it producing more lift, right? Like, like more lift means more induced drag. Um, so, I don't know. And that's the other thing I go for in my tuning setup, right, is, you know, like, I like that pivoty turn. But I'm also enormous. I'm like a big heavy foiler, right? And like, I don't know, the way I think about it is most foils are tuned for people who weigh like 150 pounds. Like, 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 who are the test riders? Like, for all yeah. these, they're, they're like little rippers, right? So, like, yeah. all foils come out of the box tuned for somebody lighter than me, right? So, like, what do I have to do to make this thing happy for me, right? And, you know, like, like five years ago, the thing, well, I don't know, not five, like four years ago, the thinking would have been like, oh, you need more lift. So more downforce on the tail to create more lift. But like, that's, that's nonsense, right? Because like, that's just creating more lift and more drag, like way more mm-hmm. drag because mm-hmm. he's got things pointed in opposite directions. And here I am like 220 pounds on like a little foil. I need more speed to keep that foil like up, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Because like stall speed is stall speed. Right? For like a given foil size and a given rider, 
the thing's going to stall out at a speed, right? And I need to be staying above that speed, right? So I need something faster and more efficient, right? I need to make that foil faster and, and more efficient. So I'm using less energy, right? Yeah, because you're effectively creating more drag by your body weight and your well, potentially your board too than what the foil calls for within no, its like range. It's not that I'm well. It's not really that I'm creating more drag. Is that I have to be going faster, right? So like, if I weigh more than you, right, I need to be going faster than you to keep from stalling out, right? Because you're creating more drag on the foil by your weight. Well, uh, no, it's not because I'm creating more drag. It's just like it needs in more order lift. to keep that foil from stalling out. I need more lift, Which and I need more speed. speed. Yeah, right. Mm. And and because of that, I need the whole thing to be more efficient, right? And to do that, I make less downforce on the tail, right? To make it more efficient, to make these two wings more pointed in the same direction, right? Right, and. It makes it more efficient, but it produces less lift. And I compensate for having less lift by moving it forward. And, you know, like, and that's the reason I like that, like, pivoty forward mass positioning is because I've been tuning for more efficiency for years now. Right. And so, like, I, I now want that. Like, I want that pivot because that's what I'm used to. Mm hmm. Because I've always been like chasing that position. See, I think with with what I'm running, so I'm running the the uh, Takuma twelve ten. I'm running that stringy fuse, and then I'm running the eleven and a half blunt cane yeah. backstab. And <clears throat> I can tell the difference in the angle of attack on the fuse to mass connection between the stringy and the stock Takuma. Stringy's has way more angle of attack, which essentially is creating more lift on the front foil but it's also increasing drag on the front foil by having that angled more I, this way i so i don't i don't really know enough honestly about that angle but unless you have taken a digital angle gauge to both fuselages as set up right like set up both Right, have a reference point on the front wing and a reference point on the stab, and like compared the angles of the two setups. I wouldn't assume they're the same. Well, Stringy told me that he's got more. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the like the angle of the whole fuselage to the mast. Right, I'm talking about the angle of the front wing and the back wing com compared mm. to each other. Mm, right okay I, I wouldn't assume neutral is neutral between like two different fuses right right um right because like i don't know like i i don't think that that like fuselage angle like fuselage to mass connection angle i don't think that that makes as big of a difference as like the relative angles between the front and rear wing Right. Yeah, it seems like it would change your board position relative yeah. to like nose up or nose down based on the angle yeah. of attack of the fuse to mass connection. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like it would change that and it would change like the sweet spot of like the mass to board connection. So like you'd probably end up putting them in different places a little bit, maybe, mm -hmm. would, which would then affect that like pivot versus turn. I don't know. It would affect stuff, but... 
I don't know. Like that that front wing, rear wing angle, that's like I don't know. I think that's the most critical thing in mm-hmm. in, in the whole setup. And there yeah, the relationship between just yeah. those two angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like throw throw a digital angle gauge on both and make sure it's like reading the same. Um especially like made by you know, like made made by different people. Um, they could very well be like half a degree off. Mm-hmm. And that might be what you're f- feeling. Can Makes we sense. can we back up a little bit to more basic stuff? Um with tuning. Like how's your guys' legs feel after like a two minute ride? Which leg hurts and how bad? I don't know, man. It's been so long since I've gotten one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm pretty sure it's in your brain. Never, never experienced it before. Sorry. Yeah, get fucked. <laughs> All right, three minute ride. Sorry. Fucking heck. Um, I'm pretty like I'm definitely still a little bit more back leg fatigued, but I also um probably push it pretty hard as far as like trying to stay up because I'm I'm slightly over front winged. Um, which allows me a little bit more pump and glide. But I mean, I think the biggest thing is just like fucking remembering to breathe when you're gassed. And even before you get gassed, just flooding your your muscles with oxygen. Like as yeah. soon as you stand up, you should be like, like, yeah, like getting I, it. I feel like that first 10 seconds, you can really blow it. Like literally, if, yeah. if you're not starting right away mm-hmm. but or if like, you have to grave dig or like pump way out the back to like get onto a bump like you're starting you're yeah you're starting like depleted but i'm talking more about tuning like nick is your front leg or back leg fatigued i mean right now i'm a little back leg heavy but uh-huh. i i actively do not like that like i want i want it to be totally equal yeah uh, so how would you tune for that because i'm real back leg heavy I would like I I mean my my go to thing is to like slam it forward. Yeah. Just right. Move it forward. Slam it forward. Um I mean like in I don't know, like you Matt, you've never ridden one of my setups. Chris, you've tried to ride one of my setups. Tried. Tried being the keyboard. And like to like like it is it is so like front foot dominant that like like it's hard to get up. It's hard to get to your feet sometimes. Yeah. Right. Like, like if that wave starts like pitching even a little bit, like it gets real hairy for me because like I've got that board like coming up at me when I'm popping up. So I got to be like really on point. So like, that's how much front, front foot pressure I like. I like so much that it hurts. <laughs> yeah. You know, winging now, now that I've gotten a little bit, progressed and winging has really helped me kind of get that feel because it's more critical that where you're standing on the wing board to start on foil needs to be about where your feet need to be when you're on foil and like Mm -hmm. an inch makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. um it's almost like a a proving ground for tuning when you're under foil that long with power when i like on the wing too you can really you can push that like what's my dropout speed boundary and then even like let yourself drop out or let yourself get to where you're you, you can feel it you're about to stall out and yeah. you just grab the wing and power back up 
then you're like, okay, I make that, a mental note. Like that's how fast that's the lowest. That's your boundary. You yeah. yeah. And the ride's not over. Exactly. Whereas yeah. if you were surfing, you're done. Most likely. Exactly. Okay. I mean, I mean like, like, I don't know. My, my other thing with my like crazy front foot pressure is like my, I'm super foot play, foot placement critical. Like on my prone board, I have like, I have taken off all the front foot traction except <laughs> right where my front foot goes because I don't want my foot to accidentally grab in the wrong spot. Like if when I'm popping up, my front foot ends up three inches too far back, that board's coming at me. And that's it's, how gonna, it's gonna hurt. That's how I felt. I was thinking about this earlier before our call, actually. We all struggle when we put on booties for that specific reason. Like you go to pop up, and if you don't get your foot up high enough, it gets caught on the on the uh, deck pad, and then you're yeah. stuck behind where your foot's supposed to be. So I wonder if there's like I'd be curious to test like the same board that I have now with no deck pads on it, maybe just some like surf wax for the winter where you're not dealing with that. Dude, well, dude, I, I've always done like even surfing, like even like old like like surfing, like I used to like surf a shortboard with like front foot traction, mm-hmm. and like I'd like <laughs> set up a board and like ride it for half a session, and like come in, grab a razor blade. And like cut off like two or three inches of traction and go back out and be like, all right, I'm getting my front foot like in the right spot now. Right. And it's a hundred percent of that. It's like, like where that traction grabs your foot and where your foot ends up and um, getting to the right spot. And on the front foot, it's very much like, like, I don't know, for, for me at least, it's very much like where the traction is, is where my foot stops on the back foot. I use it. I use texture a lot to help me like feel where my foot needs to be like rail to rail mm-hmm. so like I've, I've got like a like a traction arch like like a skimboard style arch in like the middle of the board that helps me like consistently locate my back foot rail to rail um and on the wing board like i'll even like add extra layers of traction to like make sure my feet end up in the right spot and like i'll go so far as to like 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 when i'm dialing that in i'll like use some sharpie to create some reference marks on the board and then take out a gopro and like catch a wave and like purposefully like angle it at my feet to see where my feet are in relation to my reference marks and then go back out and then, and then like use that information to like make traction modifications to like add texture that tells me like, Oh, if you feel this on your toes, like you're in the right spot. Um, and like, I don't know, like really aggressively dial in where my feet need to be. Um, mm. I, I find that's a huge help for like getting that consistent placement. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I've seen <clears throat> I've seen surfers, um, you know, put a uh, like a thing of wax, like leftover wax, and just jam it into the back of their board so they can feel that on the on the back side of their foot when they stand up on the back yeah. to make sure they're on the back. And then I've seen people like cut the kick part out of out of traction pads and do the same kind of concept if you don't yeah. want to have the full traction pad. 
So it makes sense, but it seems like, um, I don't know, it seems like with foiling, it's so much faster, everything's so much quicker that it's even more imperative than surfing, unless you're yeah. like on some like crazy slab or something where you have to be super quick to your feet. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty much fucked if your front foot doesn't land in the right spot, no matter what you're doing, even kiting. <laughs> I mean, yeah. dude, dude, that's why, like, I don't know, like, I really want to ride strapped prone, but, like, I can't even fathom getting my feet in. Well, that's, you know, that's why if you, a lot of the guys that are riding really tiny boards, they're getting to their feet a different way. They're, like, keeping their front hands on the rails getting their back foot positioned and then using their hands to keep the board down. And then their front foot's the last thing to go on, mm -hmm. um, which is this, the fix for that. I think I see Jackson doing some of that actually. Um, I definitely do not want to get in that habit because yeah. I think it would be really bad for your surfing. Mm -hmm. um, well, maybe, I don't know. It might help you kind of commit over the edge a little bit. I don't know. I also feel like having super condition, having super consistent conditions helps. Right. If you're like foiling these, just a mush burger wave every time. You every time day, every yeah, day. We, we don't exactly get that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have yeah. this brand new slingshot um, prone board. I was out on the other day and it's got this really aggressive scooped out deck. Um, yeah. Which I don't really know if I like or not, but one one of the ways I got my front toes caught on the on the upward side as my foot was coming across to go stand up. I wasn't even wearing booties, and three of my five toes curled under, and I got to my feet with all of them still curled under, and it was pissing rain. <laughs> it, was just like, it was not good. Fucking a, fuck that. Yeah. The new board struggle, man. Totally. Like, fucking knew anything struggle. Yeah. Sucks. God, change, I yeah. change one element and relearn how to foil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a pretty good segue into our gear discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say. <laughs> what do you guys want to talk about first? Boards? Fucking boards. Okay. Boards. Every board I've ever had, whether it was bought and coming out of a factory or we made it, um, the boxes have failed eventually. Um, not like catastrophically necessarily, but definitely become compromised. Um, that's my gripe. Yeah. Well, and, and like, I don't know. I, I really, I mean, fucking like cracking and being visibly broken is one thing, but the invisible degradation where like things just start moving and stop feeling right it's it's pervasive like it's like every i don't know like it hasn't happened on my last board that i made because it's super overbuilt but like every production board i've ever seen like it eventually happens to it might be a month it might be six months it might be a year but eventually they all like get soft around the boxes and start to go yeah like a full failure would be better because it's like yes a car wreck you know, this is like it gets in your head. Like, what's wrong? And 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 honestly, like, I think that's why we have some of the like crazy board designs that are on the market right now. Like, like, like that's why I think we have the Freedom Rubik's. That's why that board exists because, like, like somebody building boards and testing them at Freedom is like thinking that their six month old board 
that doesn't have any visible damage is still fresh and like makes this new crazy design and it feels way better and they're like oh it must be this new design that makes me feel amazing no dummy it's just a freshie that's not flexing Yeah, totally. right and Yeah. like i could totally see like like that getting in some designer's head because they think that just because it doesn't have any cracks it's fresh and the new hotness is the new hotness and really it's just going to be the same old busted in fucking six months I got to give freedom credit though. I kind of gave up on my board. I have the techno, but I sent them an email um kind of just as a long shot for a warranty claim and you know i described just what it was nothing was really visible but that every board i'd had it eventually failed and i was pretty sure this one had and um it took them a while but they sent me a new one it's sitting in my garage um so good on them you know That's pretty rad. I mean, and like, I don't know, foils are one thing, but fucking boards, like those are, I don't know, I feel like the margins are a lot smaller, yeah right? Right? Like, like a lot of those boards are still being like laminated here, right? It's like a tight, a tight margin product. Um, You know, like these fucking foils are on like a front wing, like those get warrantied fucking, it's like a hundred bucks for the manufacturer if it's coming out of China. But Yeah. the fucking boards, it's real money, like paying a laminator. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, there's usually only like a hundred dollar margin on at least surfboards. It's terrible. Mm I mean, the boards we've made, I would have to charge like three grand for this. Thing. <laughs> it took so long. -hmm. <laughs> I know I need to do the uh test on my board now that I've had it for a while and see how stiff those boxes are. Yeah, we should. Do Um. the wiggle test. I'm telling you, so my first wave on my Freedom board, when I got that originally, because um, I just come off of a board I was pretty sure was compromised, I was like, holy shit, this is what a, a, a fresh, stiff board feels like. And I think that wave did it. My next wave, it didn't feel that way again. Like, I think it was right off the start. Um, so it'd be cool if people that really get it figured out like maybe your board um chris those guys really have it figured out um who made that board Pedigo. nice and his brand's Yeah. like what's the brand It's a portal. It's him and Eric's uh, thing they're doing. that thing's But yeah. like one of the lightest rings Yeah. i've ever picked up and Dude, it's... it, yeah if you're saying I have no, it's stiff <laughs> nothing but positive things to say about it so far. I mean, they had talked about sharing their process just to kind of help the industry overall, but I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I know, I know Pedigo Glass, this one. I went down and got it and uh, I mean, it took some getting used to. Um, but now that I've got it tuned, it's, it's still super stiff. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I still have a lot of questions about that build process. I, I'd really, I don't know. I'd really love to see what's inside that board one day. Yeah. Well, Well, when if it Chris, fails, you will. yeah, when Chris eventually <laughs> breaks it, we'll could yeah, dissect yeah, yeah. it. I mean, I I I've I've yet to uh pick up the load of freedom boards that I'm supposed to be getting with cracked boxes, but like I've got a whole a whole bunch of boards that I'm gonna be taking apart. And putting carbon and high density foam in and stiffening up and putting back in the world soon. Yeah, how many boards do you have coming? You got one for me.
Okay, I've got one from you. I've got two from my boy Nick. Nick, if you're listening, get us those fucking boards. <laughs> um, fucking, I've got Chris's. Um, fucking, what, what, what's that board? That Cabrina. Cabrina, Chris, Cabrina says four. Wow. Um, four boards. Okay. So, fucking, uh, so if anybody's interested in what I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to route out a channel between the boxes going forward in front of the boxes an extra foot and i'm going to route that out two inches deep i'm going to do a high density foam inlay in there with carbon wrapped all around it and then i'm going to do an extra uh big carbon patch over the bottom i'm going to try to use some unidirectional fabric strategically to hopefully make them stiff again so yeah know, that's, it works. that's similar to what we've done in the past yeah um we've done a couple boards like that it's just about reinforcing those boxes and stretching out the the point of contact of the box further yeah further out um we should talk about the tests that we have done like what it looks like when we when oh, a board's yeah. compromised like yeah, yeah yeah you describe it nick so uh, I treat my I treat my shit like shit, right? <laughs> and like when I like put my setup together, I, I want I want to I want to feel it, make sure it feels right. So I turn it upside down, I stand on the board, and I grab the foil and I move it around just to like make sure it's stiff, right? And sometimes you can feel a little movement like moving the foil, but you don't really know if it's in the foil or the board, or like where it is. You just feel like a little extra like movement. So, so, so the way we do the test is you do that. And then a second person puts their hands on the, on the board around the track area, like in front of behind side to side around that foil where it mounts. And if the board is compromised, you will feel it moving and it's, it can be pretty significant. Yeah. Would you say if the board is not compromised, you feel nothing or you just feel a little bit? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to do some tests. Like on mine, I feel nothing. Nothing. Like like not a thing. But like like my board is heavily overbuilt. Like yeah. super aggressively overbuilt. Oh, and put your board in the grass or sand or something when you do that. Don't do it in a gravel parking lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris. Yeah, we figured that out the hard way. Yeah, got some holes in my black eagle. I can nice. that thing. <laughs> Dude, I, I've got holes in my from doing that, but mine's all close off foam, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah lesson learned on that one <laughs> and, uh, i mean dude, on my board i went so far as to um like like put a come along between put a come along with a load cell between the foil and the board and i put on 100 kilos wow yeah so the other thing is like, what does it feel like when your board's taking a shit? For me, um, my pump really suffers. I feel like I'm just working my ass off the pump and I never feel like I get in a good groove. Um, I feel really inefficient. Yeah. I'm even going straight. I'll feel slow. Um, and I'll just feel, sometimes I feel drunk, like the, the stab is broken or something. Everything starts feeling wobbly and like, inefficient like i feel like if that connection is compromised the 
the wing is actually traveling through the water, like cavitating almost because it's not supported well. And that's just going to create drag and slow you down. Um, Like I I remember we had those Nash boards, Nick, you and I both had the Nash um, hovers and you had broken yours and fixed yours and then thrown in the garage. Like, um, it was a warranty replacement. They made you yeah, cut it yeah. in half or whatever, but you rebuilt it and <laughs> fixed it stronger. We can edit this out. If yeah, I mean, no, no. Incriminating fuck, you. Fucking leave it in. Fuck them. <laughs> but then I had the hover and it started feeling, I was just like, I feel drunk on this thing. And you like made me get on this old one, which was the ugliest repair ever. Oh, and terrible. within a second, the first second I got up on foil, I was like, holy shit, that other board's fucked. Like it felt so much better and faster. Um, all this stuff. Um, so it's like you can, it's like a subtle downgrade. So you convince yourself that it's just you. But then once you get on the freshie, it's like a slap in the face. And yeah. you're like, oh, I just wasted three months of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. And, and that's exactly what it feels like that, like uncertainty. And like, yeah. Is it me? Is, is it, it is me? It yeah. yeah. It's like a breakup, dude. <laughs> is it me? Jesus fucking. It, it always happens in the winter, I feel like. <laughs> fucking do you like like fucking with gear is always the worst in the winter because like yeah, you know, like you're like wearing a wetsuit. You're already cold, miserable. You're like, yeah. You're already fucking miserable. Like, ah, oh, Jesus, what the fuck? Is it me? Is it this new gear? Is it this bullshit? Yeah. What the fuck, fuck foiling. I'm out. Whatever. Bye. <laughs> yeah, we should have a support group. Oh, fucking <laughs> hey. Maybe maybe this is it. Maybe fuck it. It yeah, well if, you're, if you're out there and you're feeling that way, you know, don't do anything rash. Just throw your shit in the trash and get a new rig. Yeah, fucking. And, and and one other thing I do want to say, right? Like, even though I am a broke ass motherfucker, um, fucking boilers out there, do not be bitching about money and foiling. Like, don't fucking try to get the money you put in out of this shit. Fuck that. Go fuck yourself. This sport is cheap. Fucking. <laughs> Fucking, this sport is fucking cheap, right? Like, fucking, like, like, go do a sport that involves boats. Like, get into fucking, like, wakeboarding or some shit like that. And, like, fucking, like, I don't know, spend, like, $500 in gas in a day. Oh, God. Oh, go, go, fuck yourself. This sport's cheap. Throw some money. <laughs> fucking, down, go Nick. fuck yourself. <laughs> my, my, dad, my dad has asked that we clean up the language on the show, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Putting, putting that out Sorry. there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there one listener. There's his answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's only okay. getting worse, Dad. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, none of my family listens to this. Yeah, Does my dad listen to this. My dad. Oh, actually, um, yeah. I mean, uh, my experience with gear. Um, I mean, I've definitely seen lots of stuff break, but I've I've got more warranty stuff and foiling than I have in probably anything else in my life. Um, like lift, I had just a couple tiny um, hairline cracks on my original 120 and my stab and they sent replacements right away. Almost no questions. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think as it, as everything evolves from a company standpoint, if they do have good margins in that shit, like they, do they really care? Like you're, you know, they would rather keep you as a loyal customer because your lifetime value is going to be thousands of dollars as they come out with the new faster, better shit to just like give you a freshie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's I mean, like, like you're, you're making a deposit into the brand as they evolve. Well, and like, I don't know, like, like, like most of the costs of these things is R and D. Right. Yeah. And the mold. And, and, and the mold, right. Um, you know, like once they have that mold, like popping new wings out is, is pretty cheap. It's not, it's not an expensive proposition, but that mold costs a giant pile of money, which I don't know. And like that, that's really interesting to me. And like some of the foils we're seeing on the market and like what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, like any foil with like a, like, I don't know, like like a mortise and tenon style connection, right? Like like a GoFoil or an Armstrong or Takuma or something like that. Like those are a lot harder to make and like require a lot more tooling than something where it's like two flat sides that go together, like a um like a Axis or uh, that that new North stuff is like that, right? That, that's like a lot cheaper to tool. because it's Right, but less they ran it's their less dog shit. yes yes well i mean that's the thing right like you know like it, it's like different takes and like that's why that new north stuff like have y'all seen their high aspect range they've got I like think a million I saw wings one. Yeah, um, I saw that uh, Julian guy one on one. I think it was yeah huge. dude dude they make that same wing like same shape same aspect aspect ratio they make it in like 100 square centimeter increments so they make like a 1450 a 1350 a 1250 1050 like all the way down right all the way down to like 650 or 450 or some shit like that it's outrageous and they're That's able overkill. to but but, but like they, they're able to do that because of that like of that connection design right like Because it's cheaper. yeah it, it's cheaper they it's like less tooling costs to make right like I don't know, like Takuma, like would have a lot, like, a lot harder time doing that. Or like GoFoil would be a lot harder to do that because like tooling for that like male female connection is a lot more expensive. I think. Well, and it, I think it's interesting because we're we're at like this weird level where I feel like we're getting to the to the point now in our skill set where we're kind of pushing what gear is capable of because we're putting so much torque on the gear. But I think North is taking an interesting approach because they're looking at like, okay, here's the market. It's just like surfing. All right. Surfing, there's 10% of surfers that are actually worth the shit. And then there's 90% that like think that they're a surfer and they surf on the weekends or like they used to surf or like they like the idea of being a surfer, but they don't want to put any time into like building that skill set. Same kind of thing I think is going to happen with boiling. People are going to be like, oh, that looks sick. Let me go buy a rig. I might ride it a couple times or ride it on the weekends or ride it in the summer. And that's going to be the end of it. And if you have that connection system and you're not putting that amount of torque on it, does it really fucking matter? You know, like they're just, they're like, okay, 90, 10, we're going to capitalize on 90% of market share, get foils and hands at a cheaper price point. And then, Yeah. Are you they know, cheaper? who cares? Are they cheap? Well, I mean, I know the, the production was cheaper, right? Because they're not building that connection Yeah. into the fuse. Yeah. So I don't I mean, know if they, I think I don't think they're drastically cheaper, but 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 I think they are on like the like lower end of the like price point. Like per wing, I think it's like five hundred bucks per wing, if I had to guess. Uh, okay. Yeah.
And if you're going into a shop that carries, you know, several brands and you're like, Hey, I want to get into foiling there, you know, <laughs> nine times out of 10, the person selling you the gear is going to be almost as clueless as the person buying it. At least in my experience. <laughs> oh, <right>. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, no one really knows. So I'm just going to sell you what I have the most stock of and go on my way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 and, and that like super minute, like, sizing increments like that's great for somebody who like i don't know fucking like read online like i want a 1650 as my first swing i don't mm -hmm. want a 1550 i don't want a 70 i want a 1650 mm -hmm. right because like that's the number in my head of what i want so i'm getting it yeah. um and i don't know it, it, it does well for that so yeah it's all marketing like all this shit's marketing Fucking even the warranty. Well, That's fucking marketing budget. And it's what they're optimizing for. You know, like you're, you're optimizing for winging, you're optimizing for downwind, you're optimizing yeah. for droning. And then how much of that market share are you trying to capitalize? Because if you want the top 10, per, you know, 10% of people that are ripping, like, is that really going to be a profitable business? Probably not. You're going to have to dip into the beginner to intermediate range. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why they're put like I I think that's why they're pushing the medium aspect shit now. Uh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm in a unique position because I just keep killing shit. So like well, I am, and I think it should be said that like us three are. If you're breaking it down by percentages of like what disciplines we do, the majority of the time we're prone foiling. Whereas like. Like I've been listening to that, uh, those UK dudes, the generic foiling podcast, they're like all wingers and kiters and they, yeah. they're, they're like struggling through proning. So we're coming and, at it at a different angle. And, and, and to be clear, like that is the market, right? Like winging, like, yeah. winging oh, yeah. is, is the market. <laughs> like prone is just like, like, I don't know, like the prone is almost like marketing for them. Yeah. yeah. Prone, prone is marketing is, for the like, wing market. Prone is the shit. That's way better than winging. I, don't, totally. I love the wing, but like, fuck, I'd rather prone any day. Yeah, I think it's just about having the full quiver, you know. Yeah, like wings, wings, pretty new to me. I'm just having, I'm dipping my toe in the fun zone, winging, um, <laughs> occasionally. So I'm pretty yeah, stoked a, on it right now. You getting a dial? You had some breakthrough sessions. Like, oh my god! Weeks. Yeah, I had a whole session without a single tantrum. Also. <laughs> That's that impressive. Might, that might be my biggest breakthrough to date, <laughs> dude. If you, I see, I saw you depower on some out the back and like legit ride lumps in. Which yeah, is like, Nick gave me the best it. advice with like, um, like I knew to turn on a wave and kind of use that wave kind of buys you time where you don't have to change your hands, but you can just keep that front hand on there and put it over your head. He's like, just get in the shade. So I'm out Made there. in the shade. I'm out there in the middle of the ocean. She'd be like, get in the shade, Maddie. Get in the shade. <laughs> and it works. It totally works. And then by the time you actually square up and are going down the line on the wave, the wing has reoriented itself to where it's so easy to grab the handle. You're not, yeah. it's just, it's like actually right there bumping up against your body almost when you're in yeah. the shade like that. <laughs> Dude, I, lo I love hanging, having it over my head. <laughs> Just like hanging out, wing over my head, get get out of the sun for a little bit. I, I got to protect this beautiful face. But I, just the idea of being able to show up at a spot um, or go on a trip, you know, as long as you can have all that shit with you, 
you're going to be stoked, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, surfing is definitely not that way. Yeah. You know, even if you're going to Indo, there's a, the specter of being completely fucking skunked. Yeah, <laughs> dude, the, I don't know. I've been having a hard time profiling lately. I'm not going to lie. I've been having a hard time. Um, you know, I've just been like fighting so much gear. Um, so I don't know. I'm gonna throw it on the podcast here. What gear I have broken. Um, and like, this is not to say like disparaging things about this gear. Cause like, I, I'm very hard on gear. I'm like the hardest on gear. Um, let's just go over all the broken stuff. Not I only yours, know. because there's been some homies breaking some stuff too. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, Anything yeah. you've seen broken. I've, I've barely broken a couple lift setups. That's it. And I, the boards yeah. thing we already talked about. That's all I got. Um, so I, I broke, uh, I destroyed a Cabrina 1000. Uh, I cracked the fuse on that. Um, How long did that take? Uh, so, so both the 1000 and the 1200, I broke inside two months of riding. And that was like winter riding. So like probably like a dozen oh. sessions. Um, so I broke that 1200 and the 1000. Um, broke broke the fuse and then i broke the 1095 that's the am right yeah and i broke all these using the sager's mask um, but you, you think you broke the 1095 jumping on the wing game i yeah, I, yeah maybe i i I, th I think i broke all of them jumping on the wing game <laughs> If, I, if I'm being honest, if, I, if, if I'm being totally cool about everything, uh, jumping on the wing is hard on shit. But I, I do think that I was able to, I was only able to break them because of that Sager's mast. Um, you know, like I think a softer mast like doesn't let you load up the wings as much, right? And that mast, I, um. I mean, I'll just put so much more force in it because it's so much stiffer. You know, like I can, I can really hammer on those wings. Um, so, yeah, I'm, for the record, I'm riding the same carbon Sager's mast as Nick and Kyle. You make a very stiff mast. Yeah, 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 it's the shit. <laughs> Nick says it might be too stiff, but well, it's better than the rest of the industry that's making wet noodles. Yeah, and, that seems to be the one thing you guys are in agreement about is that mast, huh? Yeah, well, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the mast. I'll, I'll be honest, right? Um, so, like, I think it's a little slow for the wings I want to be on. And I want to be on a little smaller wings than Chris, right? Yeah. So, you know, like, I'm gravitating towards the 1000, that 1095, and you're on that 1210. Mm -hmm. And why is it slow? I'm winging in the 1095. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's as big a deal. I don't think it's as big a deal winging in, right? Yeah. Because like I'm mostly talking about prone because it has to do with the efficiency, right? And what what sets that mast apart is the thickness, right? And you know, I guess it's the, the thicker same mast thickness as axis, right? It's a, well, it's a thicker mast which, which makes it stiffer, but like like the question of like when does a thicker mast affect the efficiency to the point where like you start to feel it in relation to like the like efficiency of the front wing i think when the mast becomes the like the thicker of the two parts 
that's when it's going to start fucking with you. Right. Hmm. Well, what's your other alternative? You go, you're going to go no limits, but like, like those. I'm saying the alternative is to be riding a, like, like for somebody like me who really wants stiffness, right? Like I should be riding a bigger front wing with it. Mm -hmm. I should be on the 1210 with it, Mm -hmm. not the 1095 because like, like if you take calibers to it, it's thicker than the 1095 and it's like I think it's the same thickness as the 1210. So I, I think I think it jives better with like a bigger, thicker wing. Also, like strength is also related to thickness, right? So I th- I think I'd be much less likely to break a 1210 than I am the 1095, just because it's thicker, does a better job dealing with that load. Um, yeah, I think. You know, in general, like for for prone, if you're like wanting to pump and be efficient and be pumping around in circles, like if the mass is the thicker of the two parts, it's gonna fuck with you. Hmm. And also, and also stiffness, right? If and also strength, right? If strength is an issue for you, right? Like it is for me, destroying wings, right? The the thinner of the two parts is more likely to fail right so in this case it's the wing the wing's more likely to fail so if you want to ride something in that 1000 range let's say the 1095 and then you're above 175 pounds what's your rig i don't fucking know i mean (laughs) like nothing for me nothing i mean like maybe like like go foil honestly or like an aluminum cedrus it, or I guess no, it's it's the, the thickness with the Sadrus. It, yeah, it's like it's like the width, like, like yeah. the like how much water it's displacing. Because it's um, nine, it's nineteen, whereas the no limits is sixteen, right? Yeah, pretty sure that's. The yeah, I, 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 yeah, and I don't know, like maybe no limits has gotten the shit together and you know, like fix that production issue. Not right, but I like heard. that's that's what I that's what I'd lean towards. I lean towards something like that. Um. Have you heard yeah. a, is the new Takuma mast improved at all? Dude, it's if, heavy as shit. Kai it's really one. heavy. It's so heavy. Oh, Kai. Has I one? Guess the, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter in the water. It's just it doesn't scary, matter. But... I don't know. If, if I had to put weight anywhere. Uh, he has the carbon. Remember. He, I'm pretty sure it's carbon. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to put weight anywhere, I'd put it in the mast. Like, like if you gave me like a pound and said like you've got to like make one of your parts a pound heavier, like board, mast, foil, fuselage, wing, like whatever, I put that shit in the mast. Dude, you know what I experienced for the first time the other day, wing dinging, is ventilate mast ventilation on my bottom turn, and that's the first time I've done that. I kept blowing up. I thought I was breaching tips, mm-hmm. but then I had because I'm riding the eighty three aluminum, and I made it a point to like crank a turn low on the mast and it still did it and blew up on me yeah i've had the 120 do that a bunch proning it feels like it just goes wobbly on you and just blows up kind of like a ventilation but not yeah it was the weirdest feeling now i'm like kind of timidly bottom turning it's like ptsd or something (laughs) (laughs) i'm getting blasted How much does carbon sagrus mast cost? Um, twelve hundred, right? Yeah. yeah, it's it it. I think it's like a thousand bucks plus plus, right? A thousand yeah, bucks yeah. plus the adapter plus mm-hmm. the plate. 
but he's like he's like it's like him and maybe one or two other people it's a small show i mean he's yeah you know we were talking about like web dev stuff because that's what i do and i was trying to like place an order on his site and his payment was failing and he was like frustrated just seems like he's just trying to like yeah build it organically himself which is commendable yeah yeah and and for the record it's a great product right like i'm impressed with it in, in almost every way it's a very impressive product um it's a really cool thing it's honestly just not working for me um and, and it has more to do with like like all the other shit in the ecosystem right like I think you're at a crossroads here, Nick. I think you either need to go twelve ten and don't sit on it on the beach. Or Dude, that's, that's so much less force than actually foiling, though. <laughs> no, so, man, it can't be good. It, it, it's less force than foiling on it. Either way, I'm saying I think you need to go twelve ten. You need to go back to go foil or axis. Yeah. But you don't like the wings. You don't like the access wings. I mean, like, apparently, I don't know. Like, apparently, they've got some new surfy stuff coming out that might be better. But I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't put stock in anything until it's actually available. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't put stock in rumors. So. I mean, so they got you... James. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. No, I was saying they got James, James Casey working on some stuff, I think, right? Uh, no, he's he's out. He's off. He's on. He's the, off? He's, uh, he's on the code foils, apparently. <laughs> Changing which, which is like a new a new brand that hasn't even launched yet. So, um, but like I don't know, he's downwinder. So like, what do I care? Right. No, he's surfing. He's just not surfing at the level of like Adam Bennett's or yeah, I don't or know. Yeah, I don't really give a shit what any of those people are riding. I'll be honest. Um, I just, I just <laughs> want like I, I just wanted to feel right and not break. Um, and depending on like which of those problems I'm like most immediately experiencing it's, it's where i lean so uh i don't know like six months ago my go foil shit wasn't feeling right and i started giving more shit about that than it breaking but now that my shit's breaking I might go back to go foil <laughs> yeah i <laughs> can't oh, but i don't know that's oh, my problem I, I i'm an idiot i'm like i'm i'm big and i'm dumb right <laughs> i'm like i weigh 220 and like when like i feel something that like it doesn't feel right like if i think my foil might be failing i like i go like push on it hard i'll like like crank some impossible turns that like i know i'm not gonna make but just like throw a bunch of energy into the foil i like throw a bunch of turns like that just to like fuck with it and like like make it fail like correctly <laughs> so Fucking, fucking all my future warranty claims denied after this podcast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, Chris, what do you think you're going to do next? Do you have a next for your gear? Um, No. I mean, they leaked the uh, new Takumas on the progression forum, so I've been eyeballing those. But they went with like a 1250 and an 1110 instead of a 1095 and a 1210. And I don't know if I need more than the 1210. I don't know if I need less than the 1210. I don't know if an 1110 would be, I don't know. I, I feel like these industries, it's the same shit in kiting. They come out with a new kite and they're like, oh, it turns faster. It's better, you know, uh, it is less bar nine. pressure. Yeah. It's going to yeah. make you fucking mega loop, like right off the rip. Yeah, really? Okay. Well, well, so, and 
and like and and that was the case like three years ago right with foiling yes yeah like 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 with foiling three years ago like like every new development was drastically better but i think we're in the range of incremental gains now and trade-offs yeah i don't, I think, I don't it's... think we're in that place anymore I think I'm staying on Takuma and I'm just going to try to work on building my cardio and like just building like my core strength and try to get my turns better, trying to deal with a little bit of uh, pitch stability, which I guess is like notorious with the Takuma, which evidently you can solve for by grinding your wing tips, which I might try. Fucking <laughs> um, circumcised Takuma. Yeah. I mean, I might get a freshie 12th. Tim before I start trying to grind on it because I'm definitely not a uh into like hydrodynamics or anything. Dude, so. I like that 1210 ground down, so you should just grind on yours and if you don't like it, get a new one and give the old one to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to get you to do that for the last year. Um dude, I saw I've been talking with Christian about it too, but um Bennett's has been riding the f1 foils and he's on like a 650 or something great he's riding like you know more proper waves than what we have on offer but they look pretty sick they look similar to the the profile of the cabrina it's a little bit more refined at the tips um but i don't know worth worth keeping on your radar yeah i'm gonna look at that um yeah i go foil is just like hard to beat when you're destroying foils like then, I never, I never came close to hurting it, except for that time I ran into the rock at a thousand miles. <laughs> yeah, and like, and even then, like it brushed it off. Like I repaired it and foiled it after that. <laughs> well, and no one's riding them here, but like I keep hearing these gong foils are actually really good and they're super cheap. Well, relative to I mean, I wrote I wrote gong foils in like the very early days of prone foiling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nick and Chuck were riding them. Yep. They're a kite kite foil brand or something. I mean, they they're an all around foil brand. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking Takuma has has given me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I don't want to buy foils from the French anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've got mixed feelings. So I mean, mine's still going strong, and I'm definitely not easy yeah. on it. And I've put a lot of miles on it. Yeah, yeah. That that that's why I want to find a twelve. If I can find like a used twelve ten at a decent price, I'm gonna jump on it. Um, and glue it onto a fuselage. I I. And by the way, for podcast listeners, I um. Takuma's production sucks so much that in order to make my 1095 rideable, I had to glue it onto the fuselage. Um, and 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 I'm running a custom fuselage, so like, uh, I had to I had to do that to get the stiff enough connection to the Sager's mask because their tolerances aren't good. So that's another um, thing that I wanted to bring up during the efficiency segment of this podcast was that. There's been a couple instances where you've like come out with some crazy shit and I think you're just doing Nick's crazy shit. And then like the industry follows it. And one of which being you were, you were, uh, what are you using to glue your, glue your, uh, connections? I mean, I use epoxy, but I'll use like in anything I'll use, I've used 
5200 like 5200 standard marine adhesive yeah yeah so he's he 5200 every connection the fuse to front wing the uh fuse to mast connection and lo and behold i get on instagram like two weeks later and kane's posting photos of how he's increased his downwind run by, by 5200 all of his connections together <laughs> So I don't know, man. Maybe they're all watching you, Nick, over here in Folly uh, Beach. Okay, I, 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 I don't think anybody's watching me, but I, I will say I am like a vocal asshole on the forums about like foil brands like needing to fix shit. Um, I don't know, you know, like some people on other podcasts are more differential to the brands, um, and I get why. That's fine. You're allowed to do that, but I don't know. Right, I have no problem paying full price for gear if it holds up. Um, so, and like, how are they to know that it's not holding up unless unless we're vocal about it? So, I don't know. You know, like well, me- that being said, we had a local rider just crack the hyper two. So true, and, and he's a lightweight. So he's a lightweight. Uh, he's he's a skinny little fucker. Who's well, that? Uh, uh, Chili. <laughs> oh, word. Yeah, he, he cracked that new uniform gear. So, oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's a good-looking foil, though. That's a good-looking foil. Um, yeah, but... And, and, we'll and Matt, I could, I, could see, I could see you riding that foil or the, or the new progression. Either one of those, I, I think, I think, I think you'd, you'd do well on. Word. Is the progression... Who's that? Is that um, the podcast guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, have a foil I, now, too? He partnered with Uni on a foil. Oh, and that's the hyper. No, no. it's the uh, progression. But it's still Uni foil. So yes. Yeah. Oh, so, cool. so 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 the, the hyper is like a high aspect foil, um, and the progression is like also like equally high aspect, like even higher aspect ratio. I think. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, you said they took the hyper and then just refined it for. East Coast, or like, yeah, nice, yeah, like yeah, cool. Florida waves. Yeah, all all the hype machine says is be- it's good at low speed. So I don't know what that means. Fucking, it's a high aspect foil, but yeah, I'm really yeah. want to go slow. Take that for what it is. Um, but yeah, pe- people say nice things about that that new progression 140. I don't know. Yeah, but are they paid to do so? I mean, I don't, I don't know. No, no. I mean, no, nobody's paid with money. Only free gear. Hmm. Potato, potato. I, I, I think there's like five foilers in the world who get paid money. Okay, fucking, this has gone on long enough. I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been bitching enough about everything. Fucking, <laughs> I think we, there's some good info in here though. The I mean, tuning stuff maybe. is good, and it's yeah, good the tuning stuff. Edit the rest out. No, turn it off the I think it's good for people to be on the lookout for gear failure, subtle yeah. gear failure, because it's it's a thing. You know? uh, well, and like and other like subtle gear issues, I'll talk about. So like, I don't discriminate and forget any brands and their issues, right? Again, Armstrong has like like tightened up their mask game, which is nice from what I understand, and like that mask looks good. And I will say, Armstrong also. I mean, I have no love for Armstrong normally, <laughs> but you know, I, I I'll throw that out there. But like, you know, like the new mask looks good, and that new mid aspect stuff they have like fixed a big hole in their range. Right, like, like they were missing like a fairly fast, efficient like surf foil. It, um, 
And maybe their connections are better, but the last time I put hands on that Armstrong stuff, like the connections weren't like they, they were a little loosey goosey. They weren't like tight. So like, I don't know. For for this worth, I like my shit tight. Um yeah, Axis nothing looks super amazing, right? I don't know. Uh no, th- those are my takes. That's all I got. I didn't Copy want any- I didn't want anybody to be left out. <laughs> I think we about covered it. All right, boys. Yeah. I gotta get back to okay. Thanks Same for listening, as... everyone. Um, Chris, thanks for jumping on again. Yeah, man. Thank you. Stoked to hear your opinion. And uh, Dad, hopefully Nick didn't offend you too much with his dirty I'm fucking sorry. mouth. I'll tone it down next time. I swear. <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> it's the the frustration of being like on the I guess the forefront of an evolving industry like this. You just frustrated. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard. And, and like, and I will say, like, I don't know. I say I've said this to y'all a lot, but like, I'll say it on the podcast. Like, I've been mountain biking lately, and they got that sport figured out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any of this bullshit. Like mountain yeah. biking, they got that shit figured out. Like, yeah, it, is, <laughs> it all works. It's all fucking strong and good. You can crash it and like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Cool. we'd be bored otherwise. We'd be nothing to talk about. Jesus. <clears throat> I'm right, have a podcast. I'll catch you tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah. Later. All right. See y'all. See ya.